0: Is it Dora Pramen? Is it? Where's that yeah. from? Oh, from Prague. Looks nice. No,
1: it's, it's, from, it's from the uh, brewery in Burton. Is it probably Burton on Trent? Is it? it is. The, That's yeah. where it is from. Is it? Yeah, it's from uh, one of our. It's from the source. Yeah. Sent it to Morbi. Cheers, old boy. Yeah, cheers, cheers. Evening, flock of fans. Evening, flock of fans.
0: We've got a uh, We've got a special guest with us tonight.
2: Mm. I wouldn't say I'm special, I'm just a guest. <laughs> so oh, hey, I know, well, I think, I think, what, well, well, time will tell. Well, we'll just
0: our list listeners, will, oh, yeah. listeners will tell. Yeah, they'll judge. Yeah. 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 Email us in on fluckaleaks at gmail.com and let us know how special you think our guest is in a couple yeah. of hours' of time. <laughs>
1: yeah. um, so, well, that's good, though, Yeah. Just well, be no. careful banging your can on No, what, I can do that with the beer,
0: can't I? Just so I mustn't do constant drumming and stuff. There
2: you go, yeah, that's it. That's so, with us tonight is... So my name's Darren Barney, um, it's my nickname. Why have they called you Barney? So Barney Rubble was my nickname all the time I was in the military, because short and stocky, so I picked up the name Barney Rubble, so everybody called me either Barney or Rubble, or one of the two. Rubble. (laughs) But after I left the military in 2010-11 kind of time, I thought I'd better grown up grow up and start using Darren and you know, stuff like that. But then I went straight out contracting in Afghanistan. So it wasn't it was the same sort of environment anyway, same sort of place. So I kind of some people know me as Darren, some of emoji know me as Barney. And um, and most of the people that kind of commanded me just know me as fucking waterup or something like <laughs> that. <laughs> so yeah. So Barney it is then. Yeah, Barney it
1: is. All right and Barney. So thank you for coming on. Please. Please. So uh, we've got a bit slightly different tonight then because um, it's, a, it's a bit more militaristic tonight, but there is a connection. But well, there are policy connections. So which is why i have got it a bit different. Ooh. So um, Barney, do you want to tell us a bit about your history then? When you joined yeah. the well, where did you grow up? Where are you from? So uh,
2: I'm I am the original Padbrats, so and my dad was military, um, thirty-seven years infantry, uh-huh. and um, and I I. I joined. Um, I, I kind of went to boarding school when I was eight years old, so I kind of went to normal kind of home and all the rest of it. And then um, boarding. Then the army used to get like ninety percent of the fees for schools paid for back then today. So um, so I went to boarding school when I was eight through to sixteen, and then joined the junior leaders, which is like the first stage of at sixteen through to or well, sixteen and eight months through to eighteen. And then you go off to your battalion. So this goes back to mid eighties, leaving school, joining battalion up at, um eighty seven kind of time after junior leaders and then but by you don't your career doesn't start until you're eighteen years old. So everything okay. you do before that is kind of it's for the Queen, you don't get anything. it's yeah, yeah. <laughs> kinda of, doesn't yeah. even go on your pension. So um so yeah, that was my kind of start to life. But um
1: So where was you in junior
2: leaders in? So Um all the way uh Shauncliffe Kent, um, right. so now that is the Gurkha barracks that's down there. Gurkhas have made it. Shauncliffe the home, and uh, so I yeah, first junior leaders was there. So when I when I first joined, went into I, I finished school and um, I went back home, and my dad was posted to Beaconsfield at the time, running a something or other, and um, and he said, "Oh, you've got an interview on Tuesday." And i was like all right and he, he said be at this address and he gave me a bit of paper and slam i thought right fine i got on a bus and i stood outside it's a Harmony careers office <laughs> <And> <laughs> I, didn't know. I didn't know i just kind of i just went with it um and um i went inside and this this um sergeant came over and um and he, he sat me down and put all these magazines and brochures and stuff like that out and, and he, he said i'll leave you 20 minutes and See what you want to do. Come back and we'll have a chat. And he came back and I said, Ah, oh, yeah, Remy, electronics is good. I like met engineers, all this kind of thing. Got all the back magazines together, shuffled them up, put them under his, eye, under his arm. I've already spoken to you, dad. You're joining the infantry. <laughs> <laughs> you're, going, you're going to the same battalion as him. But luckily, luckily, I managed to go to the same regiment but a different battalion. I kind of got away from the same battalion because. Um, I didn't realise my my old boy who's he had a, a you know, a catchphrase, I've got a five minute job for you so you'd be there all day and he'd kind of grab you when he was a colour sans major, all the rest of it. I've got a five minute job for your lad. So a couple of times people that, because my name is quite unique, the second name Watcher makes you know. Yeah, it's unusual. It isn't is, it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, so as soon as they pinged that I was uh, I was his lad, then my life was a bit yeah. You had five minute jobs all, yeah, the time all the time, the time. Yeah. yeah. Mostly from shitty little lunch jacks that weren't really much about much, you know. Yeah, the, yeah but there you go. So yeah, I, um, Sean Cliff Junior Leaders. You know, I, I, when you think about it, sixteen year old boys really running around, mm-hmm. playing at being soldiers, and you know, being trained by infantry corporals. It's, it's it's a bit kind of, yeah, it's different how things are now. Things are totally different. Mm. I mean, I, I did my time as, um, as a career sergeant and I did my time as, in a training establishment, so I kind of know how things have progressed and changed. But uh, Junior Leaders was cool, really good fun. I mean, first of all, I mean, eight through to 16, I lived in a boarding school down in Somerset, running around the woods as kids like mad, you know, so, so that was the kind of life I wanted some outside. Um, Where was that in Somerset? Quantock Hills, right. So yeah, the um, place was amazing. It was uh, um, most, mostly kind of either military kids or um, or Chinese, and um, private boarding school. Nothing to do with, with um, military and that. And just kind of went there eight through to 15, 16 a bit, and yeah, just loved it. Never used never used to go. In, never used to go. In. I used to kind of just do my own thing. So then um, junior leaders passed out, joined battalion. Battalion at the time was in Colchester, Hyderabad Barracks. Um, straight away from there, the first job from... Can my, you say uh, what regiment you joined? Or? Royal Anglian. yeah, I joined the 2nd Battalion, Royal Anglian Regiment, yep. called the Poachers. Um, so I kind of, first job I, first job I did, we went to Colchester, um, battalion deployed straight out to Berlin. The first job ever was kind of um, being on guard at um, God, in Rudolf Hess's, you know, in Spandau, that was... A, was well, a, how old were you then then? I was just, just, over 18. just over 18, yeah, 18, not knowing. I remember actually back then. Did you know, just, know who he was? Do you know? No. no. It's not until afterwards you realise the kind of places in history you've no. been and what you've been part of. I mean, back then as well, do you remember those 110 wind-on cameras? Yeah, and you used to get searched before you go in the Sanger um, so you haven't got any contraband on you so you certainly couldn't take any photographs we used to try and get these little 110 cameras in and they used to just pace up and down up and down the garden you know and um, so yeah and then after that it was battalion deployed to Germany for about 10 years in Selle, um, West Germany and that we're going back to like the Cold War then so um, back then from late 80s through to Apart from that little bit in the Gulf where we went off with mm. Kuwait and Iraq kind of thing, most of the time was just bouncing in and out of Northern Ireland. Working first of all in the late 80s with the RUC, Royal Officer Constabulary, see, Northern Ireland was all about supporting the police back then. Mm. You know, it was we weren't we weren't policemen. We weren't you know we were just there to support them. And um, and then yeah, in 90s then it changed to the psi the police service northern ireland yeah. to try and kind of break down this um the barriers between mm. the, the two factions just so um,
1: before we get to northern ireland did you were you deployed to the gulf oh yeah the yeah, first, gulf war, first gulf war 1991 1991 was it yeah there? 91 january 91 i think yeah, yeah. something yeah. like that yeah
2: so went out to the first gulf um so some surreal moments there so um, I mean, the whole of the first goal from that was it, it was it's pretty boring, really. Um, we kind of got to the start line and we just rolled across the start line and just kept going. and
1: yeah, did they call it the 100 hour walk?
2: Yeah it was just it was we just about hundred hours rolled, rolled through it. Yeah. just rolled through it. In fact, we, it got that boring that um, we never we even stopped getting out of our APR our vehicles are armoured personnel carriers and as you came up to a trench complex or system you just neutral turn in front of the trench and bury them instead of actually getting out and fighting that's what we was doing it was just just no point in getting out of the vehicle and, and getting kind of engaging so we just kind of used to go up to the ed- edge of the trench system neutral turn but yeah there's a few kind of bits and bobs so we were one of the first troops through the Basra Pass, where they strived the whole of the Basra Pass. You know, at the very beginning of the convoy, when Iraqis were fleeing to go back to Basra, so they kind of there was a minefield either side with hills, and then they strived the top, very front of the vehicle, um, and then they just went up and down for hours with war hogs, mm. just kind of destroying everything. So when we got to there, some some horrendous photos I've still got of kind of people and. And everything was looted. It, you would walk along, and I mean, apart from whatever was kind of incinerated, there'd be even looted gold chains and things like that just laying across the floor. All sorts of things. All sorts of, all sorts of things. So, um. What age were you then,
0: uh, Darren?
2: Oh, God, um, I must have been 21 around there. 19, what
0: was that yeah. like as an experience then? So, was that you, effectively the first contact? I,
2: no, I you? think the first contact I was ever in was 89 in Westworld Pass when I got RPG'd. Um, that was the first proper contact, uh, so we used to do a thing called Mike Echoes, which were military escorts so we used to, on a day-to-day basis, we'd have uh, an RUC Hotspur with three you know, coppers in kind of thing and then we used to go and put um, two or three of our Snatch Land Rovers with an RUC, uh, RUC Hotspur and then we'd just escort them round Belfast and um, and we were setting patterns you know that's we did and um one night we'd kind of dropped off the uh the IUC at Springfield Road and people that know Belfast Springfield Road and the big X is where Falls Road runs and crosses with Springfield Road it's it's the middle of everything really it's all you know it's is where everything happens we lost um we lost a couple of guys on that tour as well um we lost a guy called Nick Peacock uh down at the rock bar just off Falls Road but anyway, going back so we dropped the Mike Echo off and coppers went in and, you know, all this kind of thing. We you'd have like three or four Mike Echoes and then we'd all meet at one place and then we'd bomb us back to North Had Street Mill where we were where we were and um and that'd be it, get your head down for the night kind of thing, usually about twenty three, you know, midnight kind of time. So I remember I remember we were the last vehicle in this three military but without the police and we turned off into lanark way and um and off lanark way every every kind of road that you don't want we used to just drop big lumps of concrete there kind of thing and um i remember the uh the whoosh i was on top cover at the time I was a private soldier up on top cover. i remember this whoosh going across the top of the uh, across the top of the uh, snatch and first contact i'd ever been in never didn't even you well, know obviously you did you do your training and stuff like that, and it's like you just
1: So, miss your vehicle, right?
2: yeah, straight uh, probably about three foot over the top of my vehicle, mm-hmm. and just whooshed over the crop top because I was the last land rover, so the two in front, so that it would have been twenty foot above theirs, about three four foot above mine um I wasn't a commander, I was a nobody I was a private soldier, I was up in the top cover, and back then you used to have. Before we used to drive our own snatches, we used to have the RUC, not the RUC, um, Royal Logistics, Corps RLC, as drivers, used to drive. And this guy, it was his last day on tour, and all he wanted to do is put his foot down and get out of the contact area. And we're trying to, or the commander was trying to pull the brake on so we could get out and do a follow-up and stuff like that. And he was just, no, he, yeah, no, he, my, he just wanted a, he wanted yeah. home, he, was, he yeah. was just heading for home, but eventually, um, just because on the top of the snatch you have like um like uh, plastic see-through plates that kind of fold down and, and um, so just as we was kind of getting ourselves down in so the top of the land rover imagine a hole in the top you stand out the top face left and right kind of thing with these plastic um, sheets that are about a foot tall that flap flat down enough then as we kind of got back down inside we got like small arms fire that came across the back of the vehicle and shacked the plates and stuff like that and um and that was it that was the first ever contact the the rpg had hit a church in the um, protestant side so they're always whenever they could their kind of impact point with rpgs would be the protestant side kind of thing so they wouldn't be firing into their own um did a follow-up put cordon in um ruc turned up extremely annoyed the fact that it was now midnight and they were we was on a cordon and mm. and after a, a long day you know patrolling and stuff like that yeah that was the first ever first ever contact um with how, the, did that with make, how does
0: that make you feel with the but you know buzzing,
2: the, buzzing. yeah but absolutely buzzing was it a feeling of
0: this is what we trained for
2: yeah was, this, a, i loved it absolutely loved it any person that's ever been um in a pro in a contact will will go through the contact um and there will be a lull in battle and and then you suddenly realize how high your adrenaline is and you are laughing with your friends and you are you know, you you can't wipe the smile off your face. It's just yeah. I mean, we'll go on to um I I got injured in Iraq in twenty seventeen, got um got um, blown up and um and uh, broke the spine and things like that. And um but when we first hit the the IED um, when people were kind of because we was in um, because the first vehicle was a warrior they didn't have, hadn't sustained any injuries and the, you know talking to the lads there they were it was just it was fun it was just yeah. like and all you could see in the night because the middle of the night outside the sheer flats and you kind of just see people's big smiley teeth as they're laughing and kind of thing as you get. As, as I mean, yeah, I think so. some
0: people that would, that would find that really hard to believe that at the point of having a rocket propelled grenade fly above your head, about three feet above your head, that that would be anything other than bloody frightening to death, but that's not the case. I, I
2: don't, and I would say that it's probably not, not the case for many, many people that have ever been in a contact situation from police to military to you know sf teams and all the rest of it it's it's kind of your adrenaline just takes over your training takes over doesn't it and you just kind of it just happens i was going to
0: ask you about whether or not it was was the option fight or flight and is it your training that makes you fight
2: well i think i think that's all down to an individual we now i you know everybody will say about different units and all the rest of it we were a well gelled infantry unit that was very tight had done a lot of you know a lot of training build-up training um, with the people that we're working with so everybody in in our um in our brick so you, you have like a brick and then a team so you have a, a brick of four it's it's called a brick and you have four people in that with the commander and then you have three bricks and a multiple and um you kind of then your multiple is has a primary team and that primary team is where the police kind of sit with Team sergeant, kind of thing, or the officer. If you've got, you know, I'm lucky enough to have an officer kind of thing, then you'll get your, your primary team will have the um, <coughs> the in it, and then your um, your bricks will be the satellite teams that um, that will um, have you know, us guys just kind of satellite in round the primary. and The primary will have a list of object- objectives go to this house, question these people, not question the them, but you know, kind of show presence and stuff like that. So um so yeah, first ever ever contact was um was was that RPG. Um wasn't the first it wasn't the only contact to West Belfast. I mean West Belfast in the late eighties was more, It was rife. You know, it was some I mean back then you think we still had Divis Tower, we still had the the Divis Flats, which mm. on top of the Divis Flats is is an OP so uh, i mean one night i think they counted you know in the uh, you know 50s contacts in one night it's just and that mm-hmm. can go from a couple of rounds down the range at us to a full-on kind of command wire um ied set up so uh so yeah that was i mean we uh one of the other incidents was when i we kind of came out with um what's roads um, down at um Bally Murphy. We was in. I can't. Admit, we'll come back to me. The RUC station just on the Bally Murphy, and um, I would would as you go out in and out of any SF base, you hard target, kind of hard target it out. Got into our patrolling rhythm kind of thing, and was patrolling through, and a um, well-known player kind of was leaning on his gate as I was kind of coming down into the ball ring in the Bally Murphy, and he looked at me and he and he pointed and. Um, you know, like the old-fashioned detonators where you push them down. Yeah. He looked at me. He pointed, and he went. And I, I was like, yeah, okay, yeah, just kind of, you know, normal. Then why they know who we are, we know who yeah. they are. They know we know who they are, kind of thing. If you ever stopped him in a vehicle, you'd mess him about a little bit, yeah, wrong the spare tire down the road, all that kind of yeah. good, yeah, good games, stuff. Yeah, all the games, yeah. And um, the good old deck. Yeah, yeah, the good old is and that. And um, and we came. We were the primary. had just came off of um, the Big X, where um, where the um, there was a there was a. They used to all kind of hang out Kelly's Corner. That was it. All all the all the youth used to hang out on Kelly's Corner Friday, Saturday night, most nights actually, and um, with kind of if we weren't uh, we just if we weren't kind of busy, what we used to do is we'd kind of strip all our kit off, weapons and everything like that and we'd slip out of the back of the RUC station with, and we'd send a brick onto Kelly's Corner and the rest of us would be round and about with just battens and just kind of wait for it to kick off and then we just kind of all storm in and just batting everybody around that was kind of stuff that that to like do an it. entertainment yeah, night yeah. so the scar that runs up the back of my neck at the moment is the blind side of a cider bottle that was we were the, we were the team that was sent into kelly's corner one night yeah and i got the the blind side of a cider bottle across the back of the neck here that runs up uh, runs up there and uh, and then there and then all you just see is like bodies and bat and battens and uh, kind of stuff Anyway digress so we was, we was patrolling through Ballymurphy murphy and um and this this player kind of did this motion towards us and about another fifteen twenty minutes into the patrol heard this car alarm going off and um so without the you know the the geography of the place we the primary was on just coming off the big X, so my team kind of cut around to the left and kind of circled around to the left and Another, prime, another team went off in this direction. Um, not for any other reason, we just thought, you know, Carl Arm might be able to catch some scrove or something like that. And, um, and I popped my head up over a wall, and there was uh, only a young lad, can't have been more than 18, 19, with a box in his hand. And I thought it was a car stereo. So I cocked my weapon and issued a challenge, as you, you did and he threw it to the ground and, um, and, and ran so um, kind of did a follow-up and all the rest of it I thought it was a car stereo so it wasn't really that interested kind of thing and um, went over and realised it was a fire pack for, uh, for a command wire and um, when we kind of got out um, whiskey the helicopter up and they can see or a lot of times they can see the command wire you know if, if they haven't buried it in his service laid kind of thing and the ruc copper and two of my very best mates who are still best mates today were stood at a lamppost on top of a two pound semtex nail bomb mm. so oh, within dear. within just that putting your head up above the wall at that right time you know this guy or yeah kid really was a kid and, and it only would have been done he would have been trying to initiate him and all the rest of it and um yeah through the through what i thought was a stereo car stereo down car yeah. it? it was car stereo but yeah it was a command one was a command pack a firing pack rather so
0: during the time there was there did you have an overall feeling of being unsafe a lot of the time or did that not really cross your mind it was just was it just almost like a game it's that a was game being played
2: was people, yeah, yeah just a game it really was it was
0: us a like that. you know and i suppose that all services perhaps are like that is it, you, you're playing that game mm. you know and it's trying to catch them and catching them is fun yeah and disrupting them and causing them problems just like you're rolling the spare down the wheel Exactly. on response you let down the tires yeah. you empty the washer bottle then give them a ticket for not having the fluid in the washer bottle <laughs> you know and you just you're all over them like a
2: rat that's i think it's i think it's is it as well you know we're, we're trying to disrupt and deter as mm. as well as kind of us and them and having a bit of a laugh and stuff like that so it, there's a lot of disruption deter. i mean you you disrupt a player or a known person when you're police etc you might have been it might have been that 15 minutes where you had to meet up with somebody else where they were getting four or five of them together that was going to go on and do something. So, yeah, let's let's kind of mix it up a little bit. Let's try and break their patterns, do, you know, what they, their normality, let's let's break their normality up. If if that 15 minutes where you held this guy, or not many women, oh, a fair few women, but it used to be difficult in the day because we didn't have any women... In the infantry and and very few are you see to kind of search. Um, That's interesting. I, I, I
0: suppose I always just yeah, I just conjure up this picture that the, the you know the average person causing the problem would be males. You know, we going gangs, but that was no, not well, always
2: the case. The women would be currying. They would they would curry it. So they would have the weapon, the ammunition. A there'd be. I mean, there'd be. 10 different women with one round on each of them is that because they would be less likely to be challenged yeah, a challenge because right. of they knew, they knew they knew that we had to fall within the yellow card rules of engagement they knew where we had to i mean northern ireland 1989 i was part of the search team as well going into people's houses and you know smashing holes in walls and things like that and and kind of looking for arm never ever found anything decent never always just bits oh we just just smash the place up that's the, no one of the haters they absolutely hate what these. was the
0: level of hostility like
2: oh my god yeah um if you you'd go in and, in just before first light and and kind of knock the door and then you go and um but i would be all i was search team so i was inside um but the lads on the cordon it was a long long boring three, four hours while so, yeah. we were just taking it. And and then, I mean, on the cordon, if we ever if they ever heard that we wanted um, like the camera, you know, the, where you've got your long cable with the camera uh, on, yeah. or, or they ever heard that we was taking power tools in because we wanted to take up, you know, the concrete and that, they knew there was there all day. And every, as long as you know, the longer you're on a cordon, the more time somebody has to prep something. Yeah. Yeah. So so yeah, the cordons, we used to try and keep the cordons as quick as we could, but when you was had some sort of intel, you'd you'd follow it through, wouldn't you? You'd follow it as oh, much yeah. as you could.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um so yeah, Northern
2: Ireland then was, was So how many how many tours
1: did you do in Northern Ireland? Uh, oh my god. Um in your career? Seven or eight Ten around that I'd have to I'd have to kind of go did, back through and uh, So during those tours then? So you first one, to so say about eighty-eight was it eighty-nine? West Welfast. Yeah. Okay. Um, did you notice changes? Were things? Did you think things were getting better? And was there any hope? And so, you think we're, we're making a difference, or did things change politically, which made it change, better?
2: Things changed politically. That's that's the only way that um, a Northern Ireland is Northern Ireland, and it will never be kind of. How people really want you know. And there'll always be sectarianism. There'll always be the divide, etc. But um, the when the with the with the removal of the RUC and the the breakdown of those barriers, where um, to be in the Royal Ulster Confederacy, you you had to be a constant, duty. You know, you, would, you yeah, well <laughs> definitely. You had to be able to drink about sixty pints a night yeah. and um, and be up at the first thing in the morning and and go and mix it and um, and you'd have to be a Protestant, white Protestant. You know, nobody else would be in. Mm. So when the PSI was changed over and the RUC was taken out, um, I mean, we used to we used to work a lot with the Royal Irish Regiment, and most mm. of those were UVF. <laughs> <Really>? <laughs> most of the most of the the squaddies with the Royal Irish Regiment were UVF, UFF. You mm. know, also Volunteer Force or Freedom Fighters. They're all kind wow. of badged. They all were. It was. Um, it was just this kind of um, unspoken rule knowledge, yeah. you know. Um, and um, and yeah. And and back then, I I'm I'm years and things leaving the military. I was all in the military. I was all patriotic, and we do this for a reason, and that's it. And we're, we're doing it to make people better but then 10 years of contracting after the military makes you realize that's rubbish all you're doing it for is to make contracts you you go into a country you you take it to the ground you bring your people in there to build it back up again you put your comp your american companies into iraq british companies so before they even first foot on the ground they'd already split all the contracts up you know america you was getting eight percent britain you was getting this would mm-hmm. so, so all that kind of stuff so my ideology and my thought process is totally changed mm-hmm.
1: now it's all about money so uh, uh, well, yeah very interesting out of your tours then the seven or eight tours that you mm-hmm. did mm-hmm. so not all not all um see
2: so rural as well so mm-hmm. so couple in east Ty- east tyrone um, South Armagh, um, which was, country. yeah, South Armagh and do, um, working on Super Sangers is is pretty cool. Mm. But the only thing with South Armagh, you've got to be, I wouldn't claim that I was a, a good soldier, I was an average soldier, you, but to be in South Armagh, you are out, bear in mind, Northern Ireland is wet. It's wet, it's cold, it's damp, and you've got to be a pretty good soldier to be a weak, out in, in bandit country, even East Tyrone kind of thing, just living in the field mm. for a week at a time. And then you'd kind of patrol back up to 799, which is um, like the hill, it was called 799, because that's the height of it. And on top of 799, we'd have our kind of, where we'd set up our sangers and, and rat runs and stuff like that. And a room this size here, you, you'd have 16 blokes living in a room this size, you know, eating, sleeping, uh, for, for for well back then it was four month tours and then it went six months as so they kind of reduced the amount of boots who had on the ground but um yeah so East Tyrone um South Armagh, um Belfast and and Derry uh London Derry mm-hmm. so the tour of London Derry as well and um and and kind of bits and bobs in between so Northern Ireland yeah was was fairly well covered I I, I got on well I got on really well with the place I mean I remember one incident, um, I, I put in, a, I was, I think I was a full screw then. I might have been, I was, I, was, I was running the VCP, so I was running the vehicle checkpoint, and it was coming into the, I think it was coming out of um, the countryside, going into, it was countryside to city, and we put this VCP in, and, um, and um, I'd got my cut out with, you know, and all the rest of it, everything was looking good and round the corner came this two up in this little battered old saxo kind of thing with a loud exhaust and all this kind of stuff and first of all you knew the yeah, opinion something's gonna he's gonna be something or other and and as he kind of came around the corner the brakes went on he realized he was already trapped he was already inside the far cut off so he kind of slowly crawled into the vcp he P. He'd got caltrops down and stuff like that so he wasn't going to go anywhere and um i went um I went round to pee him um, and, and I went up to the driver's side and kind of um, nice as really, really polite, all this kind of thing, so that then you knew something was up because there's people <laughs> yeah. and, um And uh, I just played the game and I was like, oh, that's not going to hold you up, you know, you've got nothing on You've got to be along. You're not going to be along. and all the rest of it. And, um, it's a five minute job. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> five that's, minute a job. Job. yeah. yeah that's the one. And um, so I, I kind of... Um, I, I, went to, I went to the front of the vehicle. Why the bloody hell I put myself in the front of the vehicle, I don't know, because I went to pee-checking. I went to pee-check the plane. So I stood at the front of there, and I leaned down into my, started pee-checking, them, and um, I pointed to the dog, to put the dog around the car.
0: And know. so this, will this be an explosive dog?
2: or no, a... a search dog, yeah. So we would smell out fire. munitions, not drugs, you know. I mean, I think there's definitely, Drug dogs out there nowadays or was, but, but then you it, probably weren't trusted. You know, I mean, yeah. that's how the, that's how their economy was. It was drugs and prostitution. Don't think anything was terrorism. <laughs> Everything in Northern Ireland is drugs and prostitution. Yeah. You know, they, it's nothing to do with really, the nothing at all to do with terrorism, um, sectarianism, anything like that. It's is petty crime. And it's drugs and prostitution. <laughs> that's, well, that's Northern Ireland. No, that's Northern Ireland. Yeah. It was you know that's what they are dealing with, I mean, once your Jerry Adams and your Martin McGuinnesses and all that kind of were going political, that's when you kind of, your Pyra, your your Pyra went to Rira, Real RRA, and then Kyra, Continued RRA, and all they were were the big boys were getting the payoffs, show me where the weapons are, we'll give you loads of money, just we'll pay you out of it. And then the people that were doing all the all the rubbish, and all the currying, then became the top dogs, mm-hmm. and then they created something, another organization. The only way you can create things is by running petty crime. Mm-hmm. So drugs and prostitution, it's because a lot of the weapons were gone, and I'm sorry to say, a lot of the, um, whoever's listening, a lot of the, the money was coming from America, mm-hmm. up until the point where America actually said they see um, Irish Republican Army as a terror group.
1: They never did before. And that's where they were heavily funded. And yeah, mom, just on uh, that point, on my travels in the forces, I went to America a few times and I ended up in, the, in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. And we wandered off the beaten track and ended up in an Irish ball. And we thought it was great, this Irish ball, good Guinness, whatever. <laughs> and there were some Irish lads with us and they were Catholics and Protestants uh, in, in forces. And then one of them spotted something on the bar, which was a collection pot for our yeah, brothers, yeah. and then looked up on the wall, and there was like a burnt, burnt union jack, and then the like burnt, a, yeah, 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 and a burnt and a burnt orange orange man flag, yeah. and wow. that was it. Honestly, it erupted. And really? Yeah, we were asked to leave quite quickly. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, and they were collecting money for it. But then, uh, yeah. then I mean,
2: I can't remember which president it was. Which which. Um, I can't remember who it was who actually said, was it after 9-11, they said that the the all terrorists are terrorists. And I think it was actually, I think it was 9-11 when they actually said the IRA would classed as a terrorist organisation. And that's when a lot of their funding kind of dried up um, to Northern Ireland. But yeah, when you see, all, all you saw was the regurgitation of the people that were doing the run-ins, running, then became the top guys. But they didn't have any weapons because people that were real top guys had kind of handed them in. Not all the hides, but a lot of them. Um, so I mean, I never, I never. When I was not in the country, when they had the, um, when they had the Barrett sniper rifle, but police, military, nobody wanted to step foot. Out of the ground when the barrett was out there because course, they, the system. So a barrett is a is a 0.5 cal sniper rifle it, it's designed a to, yeah, yeah it's designed to take out vehicles um, and the um the ira got their hands on a barrett and what they actually did was they it was an old escort van the little, the little vans and um they created a firing platform inside the escort van and they were killing soldiers at two k's away with the barrack and when a Barrett is, this is a
0: uk weapon is it american weapon? It's american
2: weapon yeah it came um, it was designed by i'm not sure who designed barrett one of your listeners i'm sure is gonna tell us, They'll be tell tell us to yeah, yeah. Um, but it was designed by america it was american arms company i believe unless somebody's gonna tell me wrong but it was um so the Barrett came out um they got the hands on a Barrett, and a, a Barrett of 0.5 round would actually a hole at two k's through your body armor and your plate and come out the back of you wow. so so yeah when that was when the barrel was out there there was a lot of of nerve um, i mean people were clenching hard and hard targeting even faster you know but um i i never went i was never on the ground when the barrett was out there um the biggest thing for i ever kind of came across was IDF, so the indirect, the mortars, they'd kind of roll a Bedford van at Bedford with the roof cut out mm. and you know, 10 tubes in the back. like Downing the Downing Street uh, <coughs> attack, wasn't it? No, kind of look, touch the paper and away they
1: go. Okay. And they, I mean, they'd have. The first couple of rounds are quite effective, aren't they? But then, but then they is.
2: just, because the platform moves, they, they go off all over the place mm. and, um, and all they are are gas bottles. They're not they're not artillery rounds they're gas bowls, they're chopped in half and filled and stuff like that um
0: still a lot of things that can kill you though oh, God, oh yeah I,
2: was, I didn't even realize until i did my search training i didn't even know about fertilizer and all this kind of uh, yeah, stuff yeah. i didn't know about all that stuff until i did search training and yeah. and um and hmm. uh, realized what
1: makes what you know, and it's sugar and fertilizer.
2: These guys are pretty clever. They're very
1: yeah. clever. I mean I would say Well some of them are going over to the Middle East, weren't they? Being trained in uh, terrorist camps in the Middle
2: East. East, weren't they? And and I I will I will never underestimate anybody I go up against mm. in the Middle East, in in Sierra Leone, um in believe, um Bosnia, uh, you know, any of these places, Afghanistan, mm. Iraq, because a lot, yeah the first when when we first went into the middle east countries life was pretty easy because there was no training but the people we were going up against but then the foreign fighters flooded into the country and i mean that changed everything because they were they, they, had, they were trained they understood they knew tactics you know, and where, where
1: were these foreign fighters from?
2: Oh, Syria and places like yeah. that. So they would kind of flood into the country, and um, and and that's when things really changed. Uh, but um, so what kind of jumping from Northern Ireland? Yeah. And I, was, I, was,
0: I was just to bring you, back. you tell us about that saxo with the two in. Oh, and oh, I think oh. I distracted you about the yeah. dog and what type of dog it was. Yeah, so, Typical so. of us, we go off on a tangent. Oh, yeah, awesome. yeah.
2: So i have indicated to bring the dog in, and uh, I forgot. Yeah, we was on about the <laughs> dog, in. and and I turned my back, like pointed to the dog to come over, and all I heard was the engine rev. Ooh. And I turned to look, and boom, I was over the bonnet, bang bang down over the other side, kind of thing, rolling rolling away as this car zapped off. Um, one of my my cut off um, private strong was um, was on the on the far cut off with the, with the cow trap, and. Um, Hang on, there <laughs> you go, go, go sorry. a lot of jargon there, so, was sorry. it a cow, uh, you know, your you spikes that you chuck stinger. across, a bit like stinger, a stinger for stinger, the police, yeah, yeah, yeah. A stinger for the police, you chuck them across the road, don't you, to right. puncture the tyres, and even if you're listening, Strongy, you were sleeping, okay, <laughs> <laughs> because he missed it, because he missed it, oh, no. <laughs> he, he missed it, and off it went, but to go back into the kind of um, the police side of things and that, um, about day, a day two days later I got a call and um, it was from um, police but not in uniform and can I come down to um, can I come down to um, a place in their barracks or part of the barracks or part just of the you specifically mm-hmm. can I come down to the place that I, you know part of the barracks I've never been into one well, of pl- the police part mm-hmm. you know and um, so I got um, I got um, I got a, a kind of um, of my keko a lift over there and um went upstairs and um and they said right this incident the other day um you know do you reckon you could identify anybody and i went yeah i'm pretty sure you know i can and said right we this can't be official so what we're going to do we're going to leave you in this room and on each of the workstations the monitors on and there's some photos yeah we're all going to leave and if
0: you uh, see anybody on any of the photos that you recognize from, from there, on monitor A,
2: on, on a monitor, <laughs> yeah, just tell us which monitor is and that's it. Don't even have to, we're not going to talk to each other. And um, and so I walked around and I was like, yeah, you know, monitor this one by the window, that one by there, you know. Um, and that was it, that was kind of, and then about another day later... I thought what he was actually going to say then was,
1: it was the same picture on each monitor? Yeah, yeah, that's what right. <laughs> <Yeah. not laughs> the police would do, yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. 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 Now it was, it was all these, all these kind of hoodlums, all these kind of scrapes and that, and then I was like, yeah, I recognise those kind of thing and off, uh, off I went. But the, the bonus out of, and the good deed, the coppers did for me, because I thought, you know, that's it, rough and tumble, just day to day kind of thing um about, about a day or two two days later i got a letter internal post and it was um a bundle of claim forms and they would put all the details of the incident all the details of um of what had happened all the rest of it and sign it and i think it got about seven grand out of that just oh, really rolled over wow yeah uh, the
0: police are if not good at anything they're very good at claiming compensation so
2: yeah i i, I Things like that, I just thought, got rolled over the bonnet. But yeah, they did all they, they, the whole,
0: whole paintwork for me, everything. What were the dynamics of the relationship between the army and, and, and the police? I was going to
1: ask that same question because yeah. I also wanted to just add into it. As a young soldier, before your um, exposure to Northern Ireland and working with the police, it's inevitable as a young soldier that you must have come across the police at some point during some kind of drinking games, establishments, whatever. Uh, Outstanding a lot of,
0: your welcome occasionally. Yeah, a yeah, lot of young, uh, a lot of young yeah. service
1: yeah. people, whether, whether <laughs> they, matter which one they're in, have, have an encounter with the police at some point. So what was your view of the police prior to Northern Ireland? So, bear in mind, the first tour of Northern Ireland,
2: I was a, a kid myself, you yeah. know, and, um, and I'd been to a private all-boys boarding school from 8 through to 16, yeah. um, where the people that I kind of socialised there, their parents had, you know, flats that you could go and stay in the weekend and drink and stuff like that, and and um, so there wasn't a lot of um, exposure to the police until I got to Colchester, mm-hmm. and 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 as a young um, as a young seventeen year old scotty because because I was seventeen when I got there I couldn't go anywhere I'd do anything so I was kind of chucked on rear party straight away and um, and so I was in town every night while the while the lads were away and um so it was my first time drinking really so i mean scar here what could possibly go wrong exactly scar on my right arm is where i fell for a shop window (laughs) you know (laughs) coming out of a a pub called the clarence in colchester um, you know fell out i came out of the clarence there's only a step down about two inches fell straight across and fell through the the window kind of thing i was pulled out of there by by the police but the, the, there was a lot of uh, not a lot, but we we definitely thought we were superior to the RUC. They they knew their patch inside and out, and they kind of. But we had been sent over there with the with the instruction and the kind of guidance that these guys can't do their job. You're going over there to help them patrol because. They can't control without, because without you, without you, they're sunk. They can't do anything.
1: Mm-hmm. You know,
2: that's that's yeah. the, that was the kind of. So yeah, there was a lot of um, there was a lot of first couple of months immaturity. You, you know, not kind of respecting each other, but after after you've kind of bonded with, with together, and you, especially when you're doing your mic echoes and military escorts and stuff like that, and um, and you're working alongside. Um, you you it, it was a it was a it, you realise it was two way street you know you realise that if you if you really messed up by um, by engaging a target I I will be absolutely first to say I never fired my weapon once in Northern Ireland and I would doubt many people have mm. many people have fired a weapon in Northern Ireland. Um, apart from back in the 70s when they're running gun battles you know but my era was very rarely
0: With that part of that being because you would have been so accountable had you used every weapon. round every
2: round yeah. even
0: right in your first tour
2: every round absolutely oh right so every God, what was every, every certain point of every kind of you would um Strip all your magazines down. You'd lay all your rounds out on the bed. You'd put all your tracer rounds, all your ball rounds, and you know your NCO would come round and check all your rounds off, stuff like that. And um, so yeah, every round was accountable. Everything that you had in Northern Ireland was was accountable. Totally different in Bosnia. I was one of the times in Bosnia. I was looking after a. Um, On Bravo One One, which was like a checkpoint in the middle of the mountains, which had just ISO containers full of ammunition, and I had the keys. So (laughs) I had, I had more. And you uh, weren't checking them every day, were you? I was, I was firing off at everything. I was just, I I had, I had a Tokarev, I had an AK forty-seven. I was just firing off at all sorts of stuff. I had my. SEAT and five five six out of the ISO container. It was it was so much fun, mm. but um, yeah, back in Northern Ireland, everything's accounted for. Oh, every, right. every single thing, every round. Uh, and has that, that always been the case? No. Or was except, it as a result of some bad things happening? I think I think things like um, you know the running gun battles. I, I I mean I I try and talk to my I try and talk to my dad at times about you know his experience of Northern Ireland, um, but it doesn't doesn't really talk that much about it you know he, he lost all his all his teeth out there he got um he got do not how he got some smacked in his mouth and lost all his teeth and um and i remember because as a kid i was before i went to boarding school we was over there for two years in palace barracks and um i remember him coming home you know off patrols and kind of mm. sitting in the bath bruised and battered and stuff like that mm. so i think back in the Back in the seventies, or especially when he was first deployed to Ireland, yeah, it was it was free for It was mm. running gun battles, and basically there's a there's a there's you know boxer ammunition recharging mags lad. but now everything was in hand for.
0: On, on a sort of like a, a human note, how did your old man feel about you doing tours in Northern Ireland, obviously with the experiences that he had? How was he about when you went?
2: I think he just wanted me out of his house. (laughs) I just don't think he wanted me living with him. (laughs) Yeah. I think he was... um, We never... We we don't have that relationship, me and my dad. We don't. So I never... um, I never... Up until... Up until last year, when I was in um, Afghanistan... um, My my mum died last year while I was in Afghanistan. Up until that point... I would. I've never kind of um, engaged with my dad as on an equal part. To, you know, talk to him. I was, uh, you know, my dad was always a sergeant major, and I was no. always the, you know, the, 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 you know, the kid or the, or the other rank kind of thing. So up until last year, when I think dad had a kind of, um, kind of a, a, kind of epiphany last year when when he realized when my mum died and they've been together like for 60 years mm. um, 58 years something like that I think he realized I, I, I actually need people mm. you know and um, so yeah things changed. so I never had that kind of relationship with dad um, it was always yeah go on lad alright oh, off you go kind of thing you know So never so so yeah. I never had those conversations um, It'd be kind of weird to have those conversations with him now. I yeah. think he's, he's he's kind of his memory's going a little bit, but uh, oh. yeah, he's he's pretty sharp in places when it comes to places and, and tours and stuff like that.
0: So, how about other family? Like wife, kids or anything like that? Whilst you were doing these tours, is there any other family for you?
2: So yeah, you? I, I I I kind of um, I did the Germany. I did the living over in Germany by myself and family back in the UK and I've, I've, I've always kind of volunteered so I was a I was a uh, my skill trade infantry I was an MFC and a forward air controller so when you right, MFC the mortified controller and right. a forward air controller so my job on the battlefield is to go forward with the frontline troops engage the enemy but then my job is to bring fast air in on targets and right. so Apache or fast air to drop you know a thousand pound bombs and stuff like that as well or talk directly if you're close enough with the mortar line and bring 81 millimeter mortar onto the target that was my job as a MFC forward air controller so um, so kind of the the whole um, MFC thing they they were not that we are specialists in any way but we're we short supply Right. So, um, so the Fusiliers, I mean, I went several times with different battalions, the Prince of Wales, Royal Regiment, the Fusiliers, out on their operations to act as for effort, airport air patrol for them, and then get back. And I mean, the first tour, the 1st golf I spent 18 months out there because I went out with the Fusiliers and my unit took over, so I stayed and kind of stayed with my unit. So I've always kind of, always put the military first, so I never never kind of um never never did the whole family Mm -hmm. thing yeah i was married had kids and stuff like that but never kind of engaged to the level that others would so i'd always kind of volunteer for when when sierra leone popped his head up and there was only i think 120 of the battalion went i was stood first thing first morning like because the um because the the, the 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 military out there used SLR self-loading rifle. When I first joined the army, we were given self-loading S- rifles. S- we S- were S- SLRs and SMGs, and not a lot of other things. A full-screw there, Not a lot of sergeant. Not a lot of um, of the of the NCOs had ever seen an SLR. So I thought, yeah, that's my selling point. I I, I can teach SLR so um so you, you was always I've always tried to be the first one to kind of get
1: the name in there did oh, that have yeah. an impact on your relationships and family life huh? um suppose, or did they accept I think they accepted it yeah
2: that's how you yeah, were and they, they saw accepted it, it. my um, wife never engaged she was never a, um, a kind of army wife never part of the the kind of team warnings and all that kind of thing she's Always been professional with her own career and stuff like that. So helped. she kind of went and she followed a lot of the times, obviously moving around and stuff, she kind of left a good job to go to a not so good job and things like that. But she's uh she'd always done well and always kind of stayed away from um the the job where they put all the wives into the factory yeah. kind of thing and stuff and and and, and made herself something good out of it. So yeah, I always knew that I was new. I didn't have to worry about any of that. I mean, even the first times in Iraq when you didn't call home. Nowadays, you've all got mobile phones. You call home, on your FaceTime on a fake, on a daily basis. Yeah. The first Iraqs in '91, we had sat phones, and we use a sat phone once in a fortnight if you was lucky. I mean, I remember um, joining uh, joining a queue with um, us and the French Foreign Legion and queuing for these about four phones probably most of the morning you know nothing going on and uh, I can't even remember where where it was and i just remember this massive queue in a complex um, and you got to the front of it and there was just four sat phones plugged in and um, and you got like five minutes those, those guys that got there and their people they wanted to speak to weren't there you right. know, they yeah got after all that all yeah. that and yeah so mm. so nowadays i mean i've just come back from afghanistan there where you've got phones you facetime on a daily basis of so everything's going on i've you know um many times out there have been on facetime chatting and and then boom, explosions and things like that you know, Yeah, really? i I've gotta I've got go now <laughs> yeah know. don't worry yeah, yeah so, it's all right so um
0: you know before you did your, your tours in northern ireland what was your? What was going on? Did you? Did you look forward to them? Did you think? Oh God, game every, on Everybody did. Game on! Everybody. can't wait. You,
2: because the, is it, is as, a, as a police, as a police, you must have loved the knowing when you got that 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 perfect call. That, yeah, that's great. That, yeah, know, yeah, that, yeah. That oh, absolutely, yeah. When you knew that you was going to. Actually, mix it and do what you had kind of desired and trained to do. Yeah, that's yeah, that's.
0: And generally, if you had the right shift. Generally, if you're on a shift with like-minded people that were all up for it, all ready for yeah. exactly what you wanted,
2: it that's was it. perfect. Yeah, I think I think that's the beauty of of an infantry platoon is you live, eat, sleep, breathe you know together yeah. for especially in operations even when you're not on operations you live together in the block most of you you mm. drink together you kind of pick each other up you 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 know you have a welfare problem you tell one of them everybody then knows it's not a problem anymore yeah. kind of thing it's, it's you tight. know there's that tight family yeah so yeah. you know the minute that you're about to do the knock on the door that um, the people to the left and right of you know exactly what yeah. you're thinking, and you don't even have to go through. Right, you're going to go right. You're going to go up the stairs. You don't even have to do that because they know you know you know they mm. know, and you know it's going to be slick. Yeah. And you know if anybody goes down, who's going to step in? So all that kind of stuff. Yeah, it gels. He does. Yeah, it gels. Mm. Well, that's
0: been absolutely fascinating. It's been brilliant. I think what we'd like to do possible you mentioned there afghanistan and, and that is yeah we didn't talk about that much did we, well man. i think what we'd like to do is invite you back
1: yeah yeah I'd to have to.
0: a chat with us another time um about afghanistan your experiences there yeah, because so that's
2: well, current. Yeah. well i've only been back a couple of weeks now um i was contracting out there uh, working for the um working for american company pae um it's um it's basically they have, I mean, when you look at the website, you'll be amazed at everything that they do, from counter-terrorism to you know to teaching. My job was to um, to tra- teach the Afghan army and police um, from everything. Everything from, I mean, me not personally teach everything. I I was facilitator. So I'd have training teams. So I'd have training teams that would teach the um, the, the guys basic military tactics. I'd have training teams that would teach. Um, technical guys how to strip down a, a four before um, Toyota and put it back together. Um, so all these different teams were there to, and logistics as well, like teams to train them how to bring parts in and take parts out. So that's what I've just been doing for the last for the last two years. Well, what we'll do, if it's okay with you, John, you know, is have your back.
0: Yeah, as as you can see, I can't
1: go no, that's absolutely ah, that's brilliant. It's, it's, right. it, that's our style going is, on. Yeah, we're
0: well known for it. Absolutely.
1: So, so bands. Well, Fox Oscar. Short Oscar.